faithful to come during this time, my wife Jeannie for all that she does, Michael who remotely makes sure that everything is working and all the people that continue to do what they do to, uh, in these odd, odd times. Happy Easter Day. I love Easter and this year I need Easter. I bet you do too. For many of you, this will be the first Easter in your entire life that you miss church. I walked through the pews this morning, think about where you might sit I received texts from friends in Indiana and Mississippi and family members uh, that I'm thinking of and, and I hope that you are well today. Thank God we can do this online. Before we begin, 
As we begin, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day that we need. Churches are empty, and it is different. The tomb is empty, and it is fabulous. Father, today we celebrate the gift of Jesus Christ, the gift of hope that comes from resurrection, the gift of peace that we have because we know that all things are possible through Christ. And so, Father, for each one today that is watching, we pray your rich blessing. For anything and everything they are going through, we ask that you would stand beside them and hold them. And that they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are risen. And that you are with them. And that you care. And that you are in charge. So, Father, today we ask that you would be in charge of our lives. And we thank you for this odd time viewing at home. But we thank you we can Bless this message and the messages all across this world today that they would be powerful and bring people to Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. No one could have predicted this. Churches empty at Easter. Families not gathering. Some states choosing to make it against the law for churches to even gather in their cars and parking lots. It's perplexing. This is the fourth week we've not been able to to meet. Hopefully we'll open our doors in May, but we just, we just don't know. Our world is crazy right now because of the pandemic. And I've been amazed at the speculation and how wrong people have been. Experts, if you will. Early on we were told that a couple of million Americans would die. And then we were told it'd be a couple hundred thousand, and now we're told maybe 60,000. Leaders in California predicted that over half the state would be infected. It's actually been, they, they predicted 20 million. It's actually been 21,000. Prophecy is a tough business for scientists and politicians and economists. But for God, it's always on, always spot on, always accurate, always. Before Easter occurred, I wanted to read, and I hope you grabbed your Bibles as we were getting ready to begin. Turn in Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. And I want you to see something that Jesus told his disciples. I begin at verse 22 of Matthew 17. As they were gathering in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him. And on the third day, he will be raised. And they were greatly distressed. Jesus, of course, was right. That's exactly what happened. And today we celebrate the third day. On another occasion, he was trying to tell the disciples what was going on, what would happen. And we now turn over to the book of John, chapter 16. At another gathering with his disciples, Jesus again was trying to prepare them for the events that would soon unfold on the cross. I've read this hundreds of times, I'm sure, but this time I noticed something odd. It's down to the last few days before the crucifixion. Jesus is preparing his disciples for the cross, for the tomb, for the resurrection, for that first Easter. And after a great deal of teaching, 
John chapter 16 ends with these words. I begin with the first part of verse 33. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. He continues, but let me stop right there. This isn't the odd part to me, but it is true. In the world you will have tribulation. Jesus is telling the disciples to remember these words, to cling to his teaching, because they would have tribulation. There would be trouble. In just a few short days, they would see Jesus die on the cross. When Jesus was right, then and now there will be trouble. There will be tribulation. There is trouble. There is tribulation. I've looked back at my life and I thought about elementary school in the 1960s at Hammond Elementary School just down the road from where I stand. It's no longer there. They would take us out into the halls and make us get down against the wall and put our, get on our knees and put our hands behind our head and prepare for, I guess, atomic attack. The Russians were going to get us. They didn't. We were vaccinated, lined up and vaccinated for polio because it was going to get us. It didn't. Through all of the tribulation in this world, We've been told that the swine flu or the bird flu or Legionnaire's disease or killer bees or nuclear war or anthrax or fill in the blank would get us. It's always something and now it's the coronavirus. There is trouble on a global scale. Seems like there always is. And on an individual scale as well as some of you watch. We've all been hurt, haven't we? Many of you have been laid off. You're wounded, you might be frightened, you might be perplexed, you might be distressed, you might be discouraged. Jesus was right. In this world, you will have tribulation. But I want to read to you the last part of verse 33 of John 16. He ended with, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, Jesus said. I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now here's the odd part to me. Jesus said, I have overcome the world before the crucifixion, before the resurrection, before the first Easter. Doesn't this sound like something he would say after he came out of the tomb? I've overcome the world. That's the message of Easter. But this is before Easter. I've never paid much attention to that before. To Jesus, it was part of God's plan. His birth, his life, his death, his resurrection. Here, Jesus is so sure of the future that he speaks as if the deed is done. I have overcome the world. This makes the Easter story even more amazing to me. It is more perfect prophecy. Again, we can't get it right for days ahead. The Bible gets it right for centuries. Jesus knew what was about to happen. He knew all about it. He tried to tell the disciples, but they really couldn't fathom it. But he had to tell them this. In the days ahead, the disciples would see Jesus take his last breath. They would see him placed in a tomb. They would hide in fear in an upper room. But a seed was planted when Jesus talked to them. When he spoke, I have overcome the world. But the disciples too often were fo focused on the tribulation. But after the resurrection, that changed. And they learned, too, 
that overcoming was possible. Let me read to you of that first Easter. Matthew 28, beginning at verse 1. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone, and he sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised. As he said, come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has been raised from the dead. And indeed, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. And there you will see him. This is my message to you. So they left the tomb quickly, with fear and great joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. They came to him, took hold of his feet, and they worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It's easy to be afraid in this world. Watch the news, listen to it, read the paper. This world is out of control. But Easter comes during the height of all of this to remind us that there is another world. There is a better place. Victory over anything, even the grave. The world we live in tries to condition us, to rob us of God at times. But Jesus changes all of that. Easter changes all of that. I want to share with you one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. I seem to use it every Easter because it is so powerful. And when I think of the resurrection and the miracle of the empty tomb, this verse pours fuel into my life. It is found in Romans. If you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Romans. It's in chapter 8, verse 11. I'll read it a couple of times. Romans 8, 11. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Isn't that great news? Just so we get it, it is repeated. The Spirit of God lives in you is repeated a couple of times. Let me read it again. Romans 8, 11. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. Resurrection power inside you if you're a believer. You're given faith to overcome, not just persevere. To overcome death and hell. To overcome disappointment and persecution. To overcome fear and crazy circumstances. You must remember what Jesus said, even before that first Easter. I have overcome the world. I love watching people overcome. Through the years, I have learned some great truths of God's power being in people. I think of my friend Earl Petty when he was in Clark County Hospital in Clark County, Indiana, just above Louisville, Kentucky. Earl was towards the end of his journey. He'd had to have a leg amputated because of his health. 
His news was not good. The prognosis was not good. I remember it was a snowy day and Earl loved music. And so I took my guitar to the hospital and they graciously let me in. And I took out my guitar and Earl and I sang with him in the hospital bed with not many days to go. I was leaving. I packed my guitar, started for the door, and Earl said, David, can we sing one more song? How could I tell him no? So I took my guitar out, put a strap on, put it over me, and I said, what do you want to sing, Earl? And Earl said, let's sing He Touched Me. Go and read the words to the song, He Touched Me. It talks about being made whole. Here was a partial man on his last days, celebrating the fact that God had touched him. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lived in Earl Petty. My friend Lisa sent me a text yesterday, a prayer request for a neighbor. Lisa's fairly new to church and she's so fun to brag on. It's become a priority in her life. She's growing and that is fabulous. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in her. My friend Ronnie was a bad man, into the biker life, gangs, all sorts of things. He lived a tough life and he used to brag that he was on the front seat of the roller coaster to hell. That's what he said, that's how he lived. And then he became a Christian. After he became a Christian, he asked me for a key to the church so he could come in when it was quiet and pray. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in him. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. He has overcome the world. Don't be conditioned. Be transformed. He is risen and everything is different. If you are a Christian, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. If you're watching at home and you likely are, Make sure that the Spirit of God is present in your home, a holy place this Easter day where you choose to worship. I heard a little girl once say when Jesus came from the tomb that he came out and he said two words, ta-da. I don't know if she's right, but I like it. Easter is a ta-da kind of day. Easter changes everything. Do not be afraid. He has overcome the world. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for overcoming this world then and now and in the days ahead. We thank you for your perfect prophecy that is always right when we can't guess what will happen tomorrow or next week or next month. You know what will happen to the world. And we know one day every knee will bow and every knee, tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Father, it's our prayer today that all that watch this know you. If not, that they would come to be a Christ follower so that they too can overcome. Bless those that are anxious. Bless those that are concerned. Bless those that are just disheartened because they can't be in your house today. But Father, I pray that you would be in their house that you be with them closer than ever. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Happy Easter.